0: It's good to be with you this morning. I uh, couldn't sleep in. Instead, I decided to go to two services. Usually, you you don't see me around a lot because my new role here is in the rotation. I'm the Bible story teacher for the kindergartners and first graders. And it's a tough crowd, quite frankly. (laughs) Uh, I I used to think, you know, I had my moments here when things weren't going well for me. Some of you fell asleep with your eyes shut, some of you fell asleep with your eyes open. Upstairs, they're just gone. You know, they don't like what I'm saying. They're punching their neighbor. And, and I see people raising their hands here in worship. When you do that upstairs, you're excused to go to the bathroom. So it's a, kind of a different world. I have to reacclimate myself, but it is good to be here. And our prayers are with Pastor Chuck and his family during this very difficult time. Many of us have dealt with situations such as that. We're going to read a parable in just a minute. <clears throat> That's one of the more uh, well-known and popular parables uh, of all the parables Jesus taught. It's the parable of the wedding banquet. And there's, in the parable, there's three invitations. I want you to really uh, check this parable out because somewhere in those three invitations, you are. It may be the first, maybe the second, maybe the third, but we are all represented in these invitations to one of the great moments in all of time and history and eternity, the wedding banquet of the King. So listen carefully. Marvin Barnes is going to be our scripture reader. Marvin, if you'll step up to the platform there, Matthew 22, 1 to 14, if you have your Bibles. And what we do is we stand and face the middle of the room because uh, we believe Scripture is central to how we live our lives, to the authority of our lives. So, Marvin, when you're ready, Matthew 22, 1 to 14.
1: Jesus spoke to them again in parable, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. But they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no no attention to him and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged, he sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready but those I invited didn't deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you can find. So the servants went out to the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests but when the king came in to see the guest he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes he asked how did you get in here without wedding clothes friend the man was speechless then the king told the attendants tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness or there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen.
0: Thanks, Marvin. You can have a seat. Anybody here ever go to a wedding reception? Any of those wedding receptions, have they ever been memorable for either good or bad reasons? I want you to think about your uh, great moments in wedding reception in wedding history. And I have for you just a few all time wedding records that I think you need to be paying attention to. The largest wedding banquet uh, reception in history, in recorded history, somewhere in India, 150,000 people. Wedding reception. How about the largest wedding cake ever created? 15,000 pounds or the most bridesmaids in a wedding in Sri Lanka 126 and the most expensive wedding ever probably my daughters but (laughs) or your daughters 55 million dollars now that's a wedding I want to party with those people. As incredible as those numbers are, and the images of those weddings, what we're about to discuss here is the most elaborate, most celebrative, most uh, invited celebration of any wedding feast. It was the wedding feast of the Son of the King. This is a royal wedding feast that you've been invited to. Actually, you have been invited to this feast. It's the chance of a lifetime. And this is a parable. What's fascinating about the parable, it's a story with a parallel and historic meaning. The invitation to the wedding feast is the story of our invitation to the kingdom of heaven. This is our story. And the invitation is an invitation to celebrate God the Father and Christ the Son. Now, an invitation to the kingdom of heaven It's not an invitation to a courtroom proceeding where the judge and jury determines our guilt or innocence. It's not an invitation, this invitation to the kingdom, to an awards banquet where we celebrate how many scripture verses we know, how many times we've been in church, or how much we're in the word daily. This invitation to the kingdom is not a call to militaristic arms, to somehow fight for the right, to be Christians in a culture that's anti-Christian. No. This celebration, this invitation to the kingdom of heaven is a banquet of grace. And what's being served up here today is an opportunity for inner peace. For some of you it will be a source of comfort. It will be an opportunity to seek forgiveness from the king himself. There may be that moment from time to time in a place like this where we celebrate at this banquet table. God just tapping us on the shoulder through His Spirit saying, this is the direction I'd like you to go in spite of the fact that you are heading there. Grace has never been more on display than it is in this space, at this place. And one of the things that always strikes me about communion, and again, I did this for a while, this communion thing, and recently I've been sitting through communion, and every time I see this table, I have this somber vibe. You know, it's that cross. It's that sacrificial death. And we have in this moment of communion, this invitation to a different kind of banquet, the recognition that we all fall short of the glory of God. And we need to do some business with God in order to be right with him. And yet the path to this banquet leads right past the cross. And if I can see one, I can see the other. So the invitation to communion today and to remember what Christ did for us is also embracing the reality of this kingdom party, this kingdom banquet. You know, a little while ago, We were having communion here, and I was with my grandkids, preschool grandkids. One of the grandkids went up for the first time and came back. You know, he'd got this little kind of microscopic piece of bread and ounce of juice. And I don't know what he was expecting, but he came back and said, Papa, I'm still hungry. (laughs) And maybe that's there's something to that, that if this was an all-you-can-eat buffet, you know, that would be more memorable. How about that? for an attempt. All the Big Macs, Quarter Pounders, Chick-fil-A that you can eat. Maybe that would make it more memorable. But back to the parable. The first invitation, if you were following along in Matthew 22, the response came from the king himself, come celebrate the, the wedding of my son, the banquet. And what did they do? They flat out ignored it. It's not, it was not even a blip on the screen. They flat out ignored the invitation of the king. No big deal. Just forget it. Now here's the parallel reality. There's a historic parallel for the thousand years prior to Jesus giving the parable. There's a two thousand year forward glance after hearing this parable that to this very day there are people rejecting the invitation of the king but the king was not to be refused and so the king made a second attempt a second invitation this time he was more specific and he sent out messengers and he sweetened the deal if you were following along now we're going to kill the fatted calf Prime rib, tri tip. We're going to kill the oxen, ox burgers. And what did the invited do? This feast of a lifetime with the best food imaginable? They started making excuses. And again, we have to try to place ourselves in the midst of the parable. Uh, Some of these folks, with the second invitation, went off to their fields. They went off to their business. See, there are other priorities more important than the banquet of the king. And and quite frankly, with all due respect and humbly submitted, it's how we live our life often that the priority of the king takes second uh, priority over all of the other things that are so good in our lives. Even to the moment, coming to church on a Sunday morning is really hard when there's so many other good things to be doing, right? Right? So they ignored the king. This time the king doesn't take kindly uh, to the response of the, visit, the uh, invited. Now understand this, this Jesus loves me, this I know stuff goes only so far when you're dealing with the God of history and the God of eternity. At some point there is justice and, and God is going to come and say to people and attempt to do to people things because of their lack of obedience that they're going, to, and they're going to pay a price. So listen to what he does. These people that didn't think this was a big deal, ignoring the king, those invited gathered, uh, grabbed the messengers, beat them up and killed them, and the king was infuriated and sent his royal army, so the passage says, to not only retaliate against the invited guests, but to burn their cities to the ground. Now the historical perspective of a thousand years prior to this, that's exactly what God did. During the life of Jesus and beyond, that's what God did. He punished those who ignored the invitation. And this parable represents a thousand years of history, and the repeated cycle of God, and His. The people of sin, judgment, and grace, and now the ultimate rejection of God's invitation. So the third invitation comes to a different group of people, everyone else. And again, recognizing those first two invitations came to Israel to be his special and chosen people, Israel by and large refuses. And understand this about the king that we worship and we serve. The celebration will take place one way or another. So the king tells a new group of messengers, listen, go to the street corners. I don't care who it is. Invite anyone you see. Bad, good, poor, disenfranchised, the outsiders, the outliers, the deplorables, and even Green Bay Packer fans. I want you to invite them. And that's just for Chuck, by the way. You can imagine that group didn't refuse the invitation. Imagine you being in that group. Well, guess what, that that is our invitation. The Gentiles and beyond from the time of Jesus to this very day, we don't refuse the, the invitation because we understand the power in the celebration. Imagine how those people partied at that banquet. See, this is a parable about grace about divine accountability, and ultimately a parable about us. Jesus came into the world to seek and to save people who are lost, and we're those people. He came to forgive sins and to offer grace. It's the story and the journey to the cross. And God is not concerned with our ethnicity with our social status, our personal history or holiness, our past police record or what we did at the party last weekend. He says, come as you are and you'll be redeemed when you confess your sins and follow Jesus. A few weeks ago, we had a group of people, they were adults and kids standing before you and remember the question was asked, who's your Lord and Savior? Remember that? Their answer is, I know a lot of you have stood here and said that. You know what that is, that's your response to the invitation to the banquet. You said yes. You're part of the celebration. And each of those people a few weeks ago, as many of you have boldly proclaimed that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And no, it's even best about that day, we go outside for root beer floats. It's kind of a reformed version of a banquet. You know, low-budget banquet. Some of us haven't accepted the invitation to the banquet. And the invitation still stands. And what better moment as we remember the death of Jesus and the celebration of the King than to say, yes, I'll, I'll believe, I'll follow you, and forgive me for whatever the past has been. Now understand if you come to the banquet, it's not a free pass from the struggles of life, but it offers a different kind of life, a a discovery of joy with rich community through deep spiritual friendships and the promise of eternal life. See, at this banquet you have the peace and the love and the joy and the fulfilling of the spirit and the fulfilling of life that is yours for the taking at this table. But what is most amazing to me about the parable is how misplaced the priorities were with those that refused the invitation. How it was possible to ignore the king with the most amazing invitation in all of history. How could you do it? We misplaced the privilege on the honor of faith and exchanged that for this responsibility called traditional Christianity we misplace the power of the king I don't know if you're a Family Feud watcher hosted by Steve Harvey this, this took place several years ago this particular question and what happens on Family Feud is contestants are asked to guess how 100 people respond to various survey questions Right, most of us have seen that pretty weird stuff sometimes here was the question one day several years ago the question was asked when someone mentions the king, to whom might he or she be referring? What do you think was the number one answer? Out of a hundred people, eighty-one said Elvis. Even fifty years after Elvis died. Elvis, the king. Seven said, survey says, God or Jesus. Three said, Martin Luther King, two said the Burger King. Now listen, folks, I don't want to indict the culture, but Jesus only got five more votes than the Burger King. What does that say about our messaging, culturally speaking? Elvis is, in, is not inviting you into an abundant life for eternity. In fact, he was never willing to die for you. In fact, he's left the building. We are in the presence of the king today, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We take the path to the banquet right past the cross of suffering. And that's not all about this parable. The parable points long term to a future, beyond time and history, into eternity. And while we celebrate this together today, there will be another day. And Revelation is all over this conversation, describing it as the messianic banquet, And there will come a day when we gather together and celebrate in the presence of God, with Jesus and the Spirit himself, this great messianic banquet. Here's the passage, a couple of statements from Revelation 19, and there's a lot more. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. We're here, and this is the invite. But there will come a day, my friends... When in the presence of the lamp, of Jesus himself, we celebrate together in the most amazing way. With all of those who have gone before us. Think of the heroes of the faith at that banquet table. Think of your friends and loved ones who have gone before you that have left you a faith legacy that will be there beside you. Think of those who will follow us in the decades and years to come. And what we do here is prepare. It's a practice run for the great messianic banquet. And that's why we don't take it lightly. This is not about form or liturgy or tradition. This is about the reality of Jesus. The king of kings who invites you to share the most amazing meal known to humanity. I don't know what this does for you. This table, the moment we're going to share in a a few seconds. But I would pray that somehow the reality of the king becomes if not visibly present, then in some ways subtly present in in your thought process as we come together. May you listen for the voice of God. Again, perhaps not audibly, but subtly in the quiet of your hearts and your minds. And listen for his direction. Listen for his correction. Some of you need peace today and comfort. This week's been a rough week for some of you. For some of you, it's been a good week, and you can come to the table with a deep sense of gratitude. But wherever you are today in life, this is your opportunity to respond to the invitation of the King of Kings. We'll never have a better opportunity this side of heaven. Let's pray together. Father, allow the other priorities that so often get in the way in moments like these to be eliminated, at least pushed to the side. God, for people in this room that uh, perhaps are struggling with you and uh, lack of answered prayer, God, come and speak to them in a very unique and very special way. Lord, offer what you offer in moments like these, the peace that passes understand, understanding, the, the joy That is only ours through a relationship with the Son and with the King. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, I pray that you'll come to us and meet us at our point of need. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And now receive the blessing. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.